recording what's up everybody who is live with us i just want to let you guys know if you didn't tune in for the last episode um i'll be monitoring the the questions and the comments and at the end we're going to have a, a 15 20 minute q a with this amazing soul jill nixon welcome to the unfinished podcast um yeah yeah, I loved when you reached out. Um, I don't really do bios or anything or formal introductions. We're just going to jump into it if that's cool. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, so for, for, for your guys' context, I, I always try to like get get a feel for where people are at before we jump into a, a deep and intimate conversation. And Jill was just sharing with me, you know, some of the things that she's been experiencing the past couple of months. And I'm sure there's a major backstory, which I would love to get to, but I think that's a really powerful um, place to begin. What you were just sharing with me about this Mm -hmm. moment, making a decision um, to choose faith and to choose trust and to really, you know, jump into the, the unknown when the stakes seemed pretty high. It's a pretty intense thing to have been told. Um, I'd love you to just begin by taking us into that moment and what you had to cultivate within you to make the decision that you made, especially during this time. Um, absolutely. Are, you're referring to the I situation, correct? Yeah, that one. I think that's amazing. Okay. So um, I'm, I've been studying energy healing and the power of quantum energy manifestation and like how meditation as well can we can heal our bodies through that by shifting the energy field around our bodies i have seen so many miracles although my logical mind always doubts it so i had made a decision that i was leaving canada supposed to go to costa rica um like two weeks after this decision and via three synchronicities which was from a meditation the month before I had an opportunity. It was a half hour period, three people reached out and it all came together to attend this um, Dr. Joe workshop that was, it was sold out. The waitlist was 4,000 people, but I had an opportunity to get in, have a room to stay and have a place to stay with a friend for a month. So I was like, yes, I, the, by the third time I, I just surrendered, changed my flight from Costa Rica, sorted everything out. Um, the first two I resisted, but the third one, I was like, this is literally God speaking to me. So right before I was about to leave, it was about a three day, I had three days to like pack out whatever I needed, get my dog sorted um, and get to Florida. And this is the middle of the pandemic. I'm also not have not gotten the vaccine for my own health reasons of what I believe um what I believe in so it was a very difficult decision because I had thought certain things might happen and maybe I won't be able to get back to Canada anyways so about two days prior I was wearing contacts um that were colored contacts from Asia and I wear contacts every day but these ones were not the best quality and they cut my eye and it started really hurting. And then I, it just kind of got really red and I thought, oh, it'll be fine. The next day I was giving Reiki to a client and my eyes were closed and all of a sudden it started burning. So immediately after the session, I took them out and the next day um, I was supposed to leave. I took a nap for, for about an hour and I woke up and my eye was so red. There was a huge, the white spot had like 
gone from very very tiny to like like it was big it was about maybe a fifth of my eye um also and I want and it was it was a corneal ulcer super Uh. infected and I started like freaking out um I wanted to gouge my eye out um fast forward I was like okay I'm just just gonna sleep this off so I tried to like go to sleep again did not work (laughs) packed my bags I'm like I'm going anyways um finally I got like a couple more hours of sleep after everything was good to go I had to get up at like four in the morning to leave and I woke up at midnight actually it was 11 58 and I was I've never been in so much pain in my entire life so I just tuned in my heart I'm like what do I do and I got an answer, text Andrew. So Andrew was my optometrist. Um, I hadn't talked to him in two years. We were really good friends. I stopped seeing him because we became really, really good friends. So I was seeing um, someone else who works at his clinic. Texted him. He answered and he, I said, this is what's going on. I sent him a picture and he was like, I can't believe I just saw this. I usually turn my phone off and I just for some reason left it on and saw the flash right before I turned over. Like it was the weirdest thing. And he was like, if you message two minutes later, I wouldn't have seen it. So um, he said, I'm going to, I think I know what it is. I'm going to open the clinic early for you tomorrow. I'm sending you antibiotics to the hospital. Please go pick them up right, right away. Like this is very serious. So I did. He opened the clinic early. Um, and I literally just had like 20 minutes before I had to leave for my flight. And that was cutting it close. So I go to the clinic. He basically tells me, do not leave Canada. This is so infected. You, you need to get seen every single day. Like this could be massive medical bills in the States. Um, you could literally go blind. And I just logically, I was like, okay, I can't leave. But in my body, I knew I needed to leave and I needed to go on this trip. Um, so I just tuned in again. And I said, Jill, what do you believe in? <laughs> do you like you've I've literally seen people heal from cancer Lyme's disease Crohn's disease I've seen people who were literally blind you might not believe this but literally blind be able to see and although I've had a lot of shifts with energy healing um and I've seen other people get shifts I've never healed anything like super physical it's more been emotional for me but I think it was a test and it was just showing me what is possible. So I made the decision. I said, no, I'm going. I had five minutes to make that decision. I almost missed my flight. I booked it across the airport, almost fell because I had my dog in one hand and I, they were calling my name. They're like, Jill, the gate's closing in 15 seconds. And I'm you like, no, I need to get this test. Oh yeah, I took my dog. Um, oh, he was I love, I love how like, yeah. Americans always do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. Anyways, we got there just in time and he's like, Hey, he texted me. He's like, please see an optometrist there every single day. I'm like, okay. So I saw an optometrist right before the meditation retreat started. Um, and he was like, yep, this is super infected. I can't give you, we're going to have to give you cortisol, but I can't give it to you yet because like, it's so swollen. So just like take, um, the, I had antibiotics. He said, take the drops and like come back, uh, in a couple of days, so I, I did exactly that. I didn't even take them as much as they told me to within two days. And this was intense meditation. This wasn't a couple of hours a day. This was a Dr. Joe advanced follow-up. So that means like you're at about at three 15 in the morning, you're meditating starting at four, you do a four hour one, you have a break, you do like another, he'll talk for a bit. You have to do another few hours, like, and you go till 12 PM. Um, after two days, I went back and 
he literally could not believe it. The optometrist, he was like, I don't know what you've been doing, but it's all healed. Like the white spot, it just needs to catch up. Like you're in the clear. We don't even need to give you cortisol. And he was like, what did you do? And I was like, oh, just some light meditation <laughs> and like quantum healing. And he was like, thought it was crazy, but it's all good. Um, and then, yeah. And then he told me, my eyes are super dark brown. I don't know if you could see them, but he said like, this was a huge white thing. So the swelling had gone down, but like there was a very prominent white, like white ulcer still. It had healed, but it was still there. And he's like, you're going to have a scar for the rest of your life. Like <laughs> there's nothing we can really do about it. Like you're just going to have to live with this huge white scar on your dark brown eyes. And I was like, okay, I just healed my eye and I could have gone blind and my body's just catching up. Like, am I going to take what he just said or am I going to believe in the power of source and quantum healing? And like, so I rewrote it. I said, I might have a scar on my eye for the rest of my life. And literally like four days. No, I said it in my head. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> and then in my head, Correct I said him. that. And in four, yes, <laughs> I didn't want to get in a fight. He already <laughs> thought it was crazy, but, but he saw it in front of his eyes. And so, yeah, in four days, literally the scar like it got super, super small and it's gone now. And so I just, yeah, I've put so much trust and source and God and the quantum, <laughs> so many miracles mm. in the past two months and so many challenges because I feel like from my core, it's just me building my belief in this power so that I can tell my stories and I can help people um, with my stories and with like Reiki and energy healing and all of this other, all these other techniques and like healing powers that have been hidden from us. And the more I go through, the more I just put my trust in source. And I'm not saying it's easy because it's not, I mean, that was a really difficult, difficult decision to make, but yeah, my mind just keeps, keeps getting blown by the yeah. power of this work. I, I think this is a really important thing that you're sort of emphasizing that when people hear like these testimonies or right, these stories are just like, you know, wow, it sounds so easy. And what, what I'd love to dive into, and this is a really timely conversation for me as well, because this is something I've been reflecting on, you know, deeply is what is the condition of spirit what is the condition of the mind what is the condition of the heart required to actually mm. create you know the landscape for these yeah. miracles to to occur and you know something that I've really come to is truly not which in in our conversation before we jumped on you alluded to mm -hmm. really not taking that glory not taking the credit really understanding that it's it, mm -hmm. it's something that works through you that um, is creating Absolutely. that healing um, and and so I love you know it's I know for sure that we don't just wake up one day and decide I'm going to give my life to God you know I'm going to I'm going to give oh, no. my life <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to source and, and even when we do make that decision usually there's so many trials and tribulations and failures and mistakes and like I I think that this is such a relevant conversation for people right now because so many of us either consciously or unconsciously are being called to to that exact place and 100 um i think it's important that we have these conversations like what does it really take and and where did that journey begin for you 
Yeah. Okay. So if I were to boil it down to a few words and what it takes, I think it takes a lot of trust, a lot of surrender and know that did not happen overnight. Um, I'll tell you Michael's notes journey in a moment. Um, and also self-love and self-worthiness, like the being worthy of receiving this healing that is available to everybody, this guidance that is available to everybody. Because if we don't, like if we, I'd seen so many people heal from way worse things, but it was the moment that they felt worthy of actually receiving the healing. They surrendered into the trust and they were um, unattached to the outcome. Like they just, they released it that if they didn't get healed, it didn't matter anymore because they felt whole. Um, and I'd love to tell another story after this of, of how I manifested my dog back. And I also manifested getting him stolen. And that was literally like one of the biggest miracles ever. Well, and probably the hardest test. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, when I was younger, I was into Reiki and energy healing as a child. And I would see, like, I would, I just always felt energy, like way more than anybody else. I couldn't go to parties in high school because I would walk in and just feel this angst. And so I always knew it was there. Um, angst specifically? Was it specifically angst? A lot of anxiety. And like, just like lower frequencies. And I was like, I can't deal with it. I would just cr- start crying. Like nothing would happen. I just like feel the energy or nightclubs. Like I just, I, it was, yeah, it took a toll. Um, but I was going through... Um, Oh, this one moment. Yeah, it's not mine. It's done. Thank you so much. Um, sorry about that. I was going through a really difficult time, and my life was shifting a lot. It was a couple years ago, and I had to make like money. I was had been out of work for two years or sorry, two months because my arm was broken. I was serving. And at that point I was also doubling on Sabrina, um, which I lost as well. Cause my arm was in a cast. So I got a new job and it was awful. And I actually got two in one day, gave my best friend one. And she, that was like really good. And then mine, the one I took was like so bad. I was making $5 a shift. And I'm like, this is the first time I think I was like, God, like what, like, please help me. And at this point <laughs> I didn't really believe in God. I always knew there was a greater source. Um, like I would see spirits like as a very young child and then I blocked all of that off. You're just like, I'm sick of this shit. So No, it was okay. So I was raised by a Filipino and in the Philippines it's like common, right? So tell like my mom and other people, I'm like, oh, I saw Auntie Kathy would pass away, or like I saw these spirits and like and then people would start, it was cute as like a young child, but then people would get angry at me as I think I was six and they were like, don't say that. And that's not true. And so I just shut it off because I was like, whoa, this is dangerous. Mm. Um, until I went to my first doctor retreat and then I saw a lot. Um, but I, yeah, so I was at this job and I served these people um, twice and they, and then I had the woman's number because they were supposed to come back to, um, the final day and there was a Dr. Joe if you don't know him Dr. Joe Dispenza he has an amazing story as well of how he healed the spine and he was paralyzed um anyways long story short they gifted me this workshop and at first I said no because I knew the cost of it I barely knew these people and it was weird because I got an email from an unknown sender and it said a gift and I deleted it and then my intuition was like maybe you should just open that email I thought it was spam and it was 
them gifting me this course. And then wow. I messaged her anonymously. And I, I'm like, who else could it be? And she, I messaged her, I said, is this for me? And she said, yes, we fell in love with you. Um, and I said, I, I can't, this is too much. Like I can't accept it. And she's like, no, please. Like, like it would mean a lot to us if you took it. And so anyways, this woman ended up sending me $2,500 e-transferring me because it sells out in like four minutes. I barely knew her. It was crazy. So I signed up, I was doing all the prep work and you have to meditate for an hour a day. And there's like 40 hours of, of um, stuff you need to listen to and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start doing this and all of a sudden I'm crying for an hour throughout every meditation. All of, thinking, <laughs> like all of a sudden. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> I never meditated in my life. People were like, you should really meditate because I was so high strung. <laughs> and like, so I guess I, the first meditation was half an hour. And then from there it was like 45 minutes, an hour. So like literally within three days I was meditating every day and I was just crying. And I'm like, how does anyone, and then I couldn't think properly after because your brain waves change because you're sitting with all the trauma that's stuck in your body. I'm like, how does anybody like, like this? I don't understand, but, <laughs> but they just gifted me this $2,500 course. So I'm like, okay, I have to do this. Like, otherwise I probably wouldn't have kept doing it. Yeah. Um, obligation so, is a great, a great way obligation, to like I was forced, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> forced into this. So I go to the retreat not knowing what to expect the first meditation I tapped so deep into the quantum because the energy is so intense imagine 1600 people and a lot of them are advanced meditators meditating at the same time I'm like seeing these spirits I'm I'm like what is going on and I'm thinking I'm crazy because like I don't at this point I don't really know a lot about this work and Dr. Joe doesn't talk about this um in like he doesn't really talk about seeing beings or spirits like until you go to the event and oh, and, and I'm also meeting like all these people who are like, yeah, I've healed myself of cancer. Yeah, I've like healed myself of Lyme's disease. And I'm thinking these are all actors. They're all crazy. And I'm crazy because I'm seeing these weird things in my meditation. Like what is going on? Uh. And so I do probably the hardest week of my life. And I do one day we did an eight and a half hour meditation. And I'm getting all these like synchronicities. Like I got an audition. I was an actor at the time. I got an audition for Supernatural. And his book is called Becoming Supernatural. And I knew I was like, it was after meditation. I'm like, check your phone. And I did. And, and I knew I had an audition. Like it just intuitively, and it was from Supernatural. And like, and then I was like meeting all the right people. And I that's when I actually again started praying. And I didn't really trust at this point. Like I didn't trust the power of the divine, but so much was shifting. And I went back and everything changed like my whole life shattered I got let go of a job even though like I was one of their like my manager told me I was one of their best employees this is right before COVID and he was like oh we're letting go of all misalignment pardon just complete vibration yeah everything and I was like and then my agent like dropped me well he didn't actually right away but uh it was like a few months after doing this work because I did it every single day and like people fell out of my life and I was like what is going on but it was, they were just not vibrational matches anymore. And then I ended up going to Greece and Cyprus and I studied with a healer there and I ran retreats with her and she does a lot of somatic healing. And then my life kept shifting and I just kept seeing more and more miracles. Um, and then there were enough signs and synchronicities and I, I kept, I started testing this, um, but 
finally there was just too much that I couldn't deny in my own life that shifted. And then I, now I, now I know the power of this work, um, but I still keep getting tested on how, how powerful, like we really are. And I am mind blown by how much I've manifested good and bad actually. Um, because your energetic field really like if you're downward spiraling, then you're going to draw that into your life. So the, your mm -hmm. energy body and like the power of your mind is so important, which is why like when that happens, I just literally tune in to source and I put my hand on my heart and I ask for help and guidance and I have not been led astray. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. in amongst that practice, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. How do you conceptualize like divine will versus personal will? Mm -hmm. God's mm -hmm. will for us and like, you know, our ability to, yeah, manifest, but then yeah. ultimately, like, do you believe that there's an authority over our life? I think it's a co-creation. Um, and I've learned some of this through trial and error and some of this through like where to step into the light through Reiki. Um, I'm also, so I do Reiki. I'm like a teacher trainer in that as well. And I work with clients, but Reiki only works in the highest good ever, like ever, ever, ever. So it's very safe in that realm. Whereas manifestation, I've had, I've wanted certain things. Like I've been like, oh, I want to manifest a trip to Tofino, which is an island um, in Van like off of Vancouver, because I just wanted to be away from the city. I manifested two. And they weren't necessarily in my highest good. Mm. Because of the people around me and like how it happened. So I there was a point where I got really frustrated. I'm like, I'm getting so good at manifesting, but like why? why a lot of the time are these manifestations like not what I thought they would be mm. um and that was the energy around it and that was me manifesting almost from like ego or fear or just like kind of running away from myself and my soul mm. and so now um can you repeat the question when, yeah. when do we know how do you how do you conceptualize like god's will for us versus our personal will yeah. and how do you navigate that if, if you believe that there's sometimes a, a difference between those two things yeah um so that's i think since i left home a couple months ago that's been a big part of my journey learning and trusting the guidance of source through signs and and my body feeling and just because i used to like focus on what I wanted and feel that energy and change my energy to be an energetic match um, to that. But that was all like, what does Jill want? Mm. And now I'm seeing, no, 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 none of this is about me. Like none of this is about me. I know for the most part, like why I'm here on this planet um, during this time. And it's not an easy thing. Like I know my powers are in healing and helping other people like understand this and like step into their own power and their own sovereignty and realize the power that they have um, aside from the constructs of society of their family um that being said I don't exactly know how that's going to look so for the longest time I tried to like project how I thought that was going to look and like what did I want but now I'm realizing the more I surrender and the more I trust, the more I'm guided. Like I'm in Costa Rica right now, literally because I prayed and I asked for guidance of where to go after Florida. And I had like two days to choose. And my friend out of the blue messaged me that she had a dream 
and woke up a couple of days earlier and had to tell me I needed to go to Costa Rica, like literally at the blue. She didn't know I was trying to figure out where to go. Hmm. And then, and then she finally called me and was like, okay, I woke up now two days in a row and I have to tell you this and I didn't want to call you and tell you because it's kind of weird. Um, but you need to go to Costa Rica. And I was like, thank you, because I almost booked a flight back to Canada. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel expansive. It felt like me going hiding and being in safety. And I had a few other places I could have gone, but my soul was calling me here. And now I see why I really needed to come and connect to the land. And I've met so many synchronistic people like that had messages for me. Um, so I, I guess like it's just trusting the signs of the universe and trusting your body because if it doesn't feel good in your heart and your body then it's and if it doesn't feel expansive then it's probably not the path that source wants you to take and also at its core like is that going to be of service to other people mm. not just like of service to me and my ego and what I think I want which is really at the core not usually what we want because we're most fulfilled I believe as people when we're heart-centered and of service to others and that's when we're most powerful and that's when God really has our back um yeah I'm into that that answer your question totally and 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 yet you know listening to our our bodies and our hearts it takes discernment you know Mm -hmm. and um I just I see so much of of what so many people are going through right now and just trying so hard to find uh, a center of truth yeah what what is the truth I I feel so many people asking that question in their in their souls (laughs) at at the moment and you know I've had people actually reach out and ask me like what how how do you know when someone's in truth how do you know what the truth is where do you find the truth and I have my kind of um answer to that but I'd I'd love to hear your reflections because what I hear and what you're sharing is you've had to really learn how how to discern how to discern what 100% what your heart's really calling you towards and what is in the highest good yeah Um, and why can't we discern actually I'd love to explore that question from both both sides because I think we're born with that knowing and so what, yes. what happens to us from your perspective that, that takes us away from yeah. that, that discernment? Absolutely. Um, so for me, I try and I used to struggle immensely with anxiety. And sometimes I still get it. I, I, if, if there's a lot of fear, like in my outside world or around me, I'll absorb it. I try now never to make any decision or choice from fear so I'll go out into nature I'll meditate like silent meditation I do some guided Mm. ones too but if I'm trying to figure out like where I'm being guided I usually just sit in silence in nature and once my body my central nervous system calms down I can tune in and the answer comes and it either comes to me in the form of like Um, something I'll see in my meditation or just a deep knowing. Sometimes I'll get up and not know the answer, but I'll feel so calm. And then I'll meet somebody on the street and they'll give me the answer in like the weirdest way, even though they didn't know I was looking for it. Um, But I think the biggest thing is really just like taking the time to sit, release the fear, release the lower vibrations 
and all the chatter in the mind that we've been taught is truth growing up um, and then trusting whatever comes when we're in that state of, of peace. Um, oh, we've got to go deeper into that though because I feel like yeah. you know, you, you've been at points in your life where if someone yeah. had said to you in, in, in the, you know, the groups of anxiety, just be calm. yeah just just be still okay, like yeah I because I, it is so relevant for people right now yeah and so yeah. What, what do you need to cultivate what do you like what demons do you have to fight in your mind how do you get through those barriers to actually find yourself in a state of willingness to go and sit yeah in silence because it's like yeah there's there's a bunch of um battles you you've got to win when you're sitting in silence but there's also a bunch of battles you've got to win before you even go to sit down yeah yeah what are those resistances and and how did you move past them to because to get from the groups of anxiety to truly Mm. being able to make yourself available (laughs) to oh yeah sorry that's my little man (laughs) hey go go come here come here little dude come here yeah we love you i have to get him on camera come here little man he just sees another dog um free spirit yeah Yeah. so i've done i if it's like real if i'm like in like panic mode i'll try and do a lot of breath work um but the biggest to transcend that energy and just release it the biggest thing i think is trusting because there's been moments where i'm like when my dog got stolen and i prayed like the cops were leaving like the whole we saw the whole thing on camera and at this point the cops were leaving and they're like I'm like if I find out any information can I contact anybody and they said uh nope like we'll contact you if we find anything so I'm like whoa okay hysterical at this point like I was not calm but I'm like hey go back to what you know what do you believe in and it was just like the trust I put my hand in my heart and I said god please let this woman feel the grief and the shame and guilt of what she's done remind her of karma and if it is in his highest good meaning my dog's highest good for him to be with these people or somebody else let it be so and I and I let it go and I wasn't calm in that moment but that was all I had I had nothing else Mm. and literally three minutes later she called the store and she was like oh we took this dog we didn't know if it had a home like it, it was an interesting story and I, I didn't believe what she said for a number of reasons um for a number of reasons also the SPC was four minutes away and they, he was not there um but that just took trust in something greater than me because I was at a loss like I literally couldn't do anything mm. other than like tune into something more and yeah. I just surrendered I I said you know what if this is meant to be and if the highest good for his like betterment like let it be so and three minutes later she called and like that wasn't me like I like there is no other explanation other than source and I just had to put my trust in something because at that moment there was nothing else I could have done so I guess that is I don't know if that answers your question but the biggest thing is like like putting the intention out there and trusting that you will get the guidance um and, and I think the reason we're, because we're born knowing, we are born knowing. And I think as we go through society, 
with how it's structured and the school system and then all these traumas that we literally carry in our body, which creates sanskaras, which is um, the Sanskrit word basically for traumas. They sometimes it's the trauma and the fear running, running our mind and our central nervous system like goes crazy. And then that's where we lack the clarity and the intuition and the pureness that we have when we're born and as a young child. Um, and that sometimes even for me, there's times where I'm like, okay, I, is this my trauma telling me this or is this my body? And I've just gotten better at like figuring it out. And sometimes it's not clear. And then that's again, when I pray and I ask for answers and like mm -hmm. when I put my full trust, I always get the answer and it never comes in a way I thought it would mm -hmm. like, yeah, sometimes it's, an, Yeah. I think that's that's really important, you know, being able to discern the differences between our fears and that mm -hmm. intuition, because yeah, it, it can be very um, overwhelming, you know, when when that fear kicks in, it feels like it feels like the dominant voice. It feels like the voice yeah. is, you know, protecting you and guiding you, and it can really be difficult to discern, you know, what what is intuition and what is what is fear. 100%. And you actually taught in the create community, the muscle testing that helps mm. me a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. Just being able to bypass that the part of our brain that um, is constantly trying to override, <laughs> you know, <laughs> our, our knowing and it, it is like our body, our bodies do know. And what I find so yeah. fascinating about the human body is it's an instrument for truth. Isn't that the most like profound understanding yeah. of our design that like our DNA literally is, it is divine. You know, it's, it's in alignment to, to God and to yeah. truth by our very fabric. And yes. Um, and yet, you know, th there's a very real part of our condition, which is egocentric and, mm -hmm. and selfish and can be tempted and can be coerced and can be corrupted. Yeah. Um, and, and all of these things that I think like, you know, contribute to why we are disconnected then from, from the guidance that is, is truly there for us. Um, yeah. and, and the, the reason I wanted to go so deeply into like, what, what are the true battles that we have to fight? Cause we have to fight them right now as, as a collective humanity, we have to fight these battles that, you know, things won't yeah. change on the outside until we actually turn the mirror back and start asking yeah. ourselves, where have we gone off course? Yeah. Mm. 100%. Um, yeah, it's crazy. You just reminded me of how we literally create our reality in as a collective like so within as without. So like this reality that we have created right now is because of what our inner reality as a collective is. And like, I think it's so important for everybody to look inside and see like where they're being held back by their fears and like where their heart really is. Because I believe at everyone's core, we are light and love. And everything else has been conditioning out of fear. Um, and all these constructs that we think are truth and limiting beliefs. And so the more we can, as a collective, go within 
and tune into our hearts and tune into what we really want at our core, not like, oh, I want this thing, but why? Why do you want that thing? Mm. Oh, because of this. Okay, but why? And usually it's like the more I've done that, the more it's like, oh, because I think it'll bring joy. I think it'll bring happiness. I think it'll bring connection. And then if we can start with that, like connection to ourselves, to the land, uh, that's another thing I realized was so important when I'm discerning, like when I was in Florida, just going in the sea and the ocean, if I didn't have the answer, it was so cleansing. And I felt so connected and like brought so much clarity. And there's all these little things that we can do to connect to source more. And a lot of that, I'm just looking out at the jungle, like a lot of that is being like taking your shoes off is a simple exercise and stepping on the earth, on the ground and being away from all the technology. And like a lot of my answers and guidance has come when I'm doing that Mm. as well. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. I feel like I just took it off. Of course. I I want everyone to to adopt it and to to spend more time doing that because I think we can get so fixated on, you know, trying to determine is that person telling the truth or is this piece of Mm -hmm. information the truth and and we actually completely you know I feel we miss the point that yeah we, we've got to come home to to ourselves and when yes. we truly something I've been reflecting on in my own my own path lately is we really have to find a, a state of peace within yeah like yes is, is your heart peaceful and if your heart's not peaceful your ability to discern, to discern is just not it's not mm-hmm. either, you know, it's, there's, there's too much turmoil yeah. inside of you, which, which creates a distortion. And yeah. part of my practice this year has been what, how do I need to live? What do I need to reconcile? I mean, the whole intention for this podcast, the reason it's called Unfinished is because I want to inspire people to look at what's unfinished so that they can yeah. find true peace, true peace within their heart. Absolutely. And from that place you know what what we um what we reap can truly um flourish for good and and be sown for good and not just more chaos you know that's being projected projected out so yeah yeah like if I was to put that into a question to you do, do you feel like you're at a point in your journey where you where you have a peaceful heart yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, I think it's a constant practice. And I think that's something some people like don't understand. Like there's so many daily practices that I do. Like I wake up, I'll meditate every morning. I'll have like what I'll have um, spirulina in the morning. I'll try not Keys look at my to my phone. Spirulina. Yeah, seriously, Green, it helps. Movies. Yeah. Like what you put in your body, if you're putting all these acidic foods, like so much coffee, sugar, alcohol, I'm not saying these things are inherently bad. I'm just saying, watch how much you're putting them when you're putting them in. Is it with intention? Um, like I love wine and I love chocolate and I need to be really, (laughs) really conscious of when I have it, because if I'm just running away from it, it's like, okay, what am I hiding from? Um, so I'd say, the past two years it's been like and then I do self-reiki almost every day um it's been a long journey and I'd say for the most part yes although 
there are times when it's like, I don't know, like I just, I'm not, my central nervous system is going crazy and not regulated. I even had an experience yesterday. So I had to take half an hour and just like go and be by myself in the land and do self Reiki and, and move through that. And I think the more you practice these, um, the easier it is to regulate and to become heart centered and really be at peace. And I also think the energies around you really matter. The people you bring into your circle, um, like I'm really conscious because I need to be of service to my clients too. And eventually too, like I want, I want to like be of service to as many people in the world when I'm ready. I have to be conscious of the energies I'm bringing in. Am I bringing in chaos to my life or am I bringing in other heart-centered people as peers that will help me and what mentors am I bringing in so that I can be of service to these other people. So yeah, I, I think it's for the most part, yes. Although it is a constant practice. And when I don't do my daily practices, my world is chaos. So like, those are very, very important to me. And, um, and breath work is very, very powerful for anyone listening who has a lot of anxiety that has helped me a ton. Um, but yeah, I think it's a constant practice and I'm not going to say, oh, I'm always peace and heart center because I'm not. And life throws me things sometimes where I just don't know what to do. And then I really have to use my tools even more and my resources and Mm. yeah. What do you think it means? Like, how, how do you define having a peaceful heart? I think being at ease with life in the flow of life, um, when I'm my most peaceful, things just come to me. Like if I have an issue and just don't really worry about it, set an intention, like the solution just comes. And it's usually in the form of another person. Um, like so many synchronicities. Um, but yeah, and just being like in love with ourself and our being and in love with others and seeing like seeing other people's struggles, like seeing the pureness in that instead of looking at them like, oh, something's wrong. Because when we do that, it's our shadow being like, oh, that's a part that, that I've actually hidden from myself. But then if if we see their struggles as like, wow, they're going through this thing and I love them so much. And I see where I struggled with that or where I still struggle with that. And like just being at this place of peace and calm essentially within the storm. I, mm. I don't really know how to describe it in words. It's, it's more of an energy. Like it's, it's an energy of just like being able to sit with myself and being the best person I can to myself and to other people because when I'm struggling with my own self-love that's when other people are triggering me but when I'm like more centered and like you know what I'm not perfect and no one is and I love myself unconditionally and I love other people unconditionally because it starts with us Mm. 100% so yeah and so in the spirit of the podcast what was the time in your life where you felt you had the most unfinished business. Maybe it was a time where something happened. Usually it manifests like this. Something happened that was just really left field that you just did not see coming and it left you feeling just like 
shattered and mm. at what point in your journey was that and what did you have to muster you know in, in internally to, yeah. to walk that path I feel like I'm going through that right now I feel like when I left Vancouver it was like my whole like everything I knew I, I kind of had to leave behind and like my whole identity shattered and it's through this whole COVID pandemic I hope I can say that on here that like I feel like I've, this is a safe space okay awesome <laughs> um I like there's, I've been uninvited to weddings, like family members' weddings. I'm not invited to Christmas, all of this stuff because of like what I don't want to put in my body. And it has not been easy, but it's really allowed me to step more into my path. And I know it's going to come full circle um, as long as I stay in love. And I know I'm going to see my family again. Maybe right now they don't feel safe seeing me, um, but that's okay. Like it's, I think all of that needed to happen for me to step more into my mission and more into my power. And I know that's to help people heal and to help people awaken. And right now is the time the world needs it most. And I think right now is, it's, is why like all of that had to happen. Like when I got uninvited to Christmas, that was my worst nightmare growing up. Like literally I've never not been with my family for Christmas. And I cried for like a day straight. Hmm. and then I just let it go and I was like no this is an opportunity for me and my expansion and my growth and my opportunity to help the world transcend because if I go back to who I was before I was kind of hiding and there's a part of me that still is like I'm not I haven't fully stepped into my own power and like every day I, I work on this because there's no other time like in history that has needed healers more than now and people to like really come from a place of unconditional love and teach people about the love of God and like yeah sometimes we look through that in other other realms like we look for that in a partner or like a dog um <laughs> or or the or a, an object or money or and this probably goes back to your, your question of like how do I know when I am like at peace and it's it's like a feeling like I feel this protective energy that is around me and it's within us and around us all the time and that's the, literally the energy of God of source and we are a part of that um so I hope that answered your question but I think I'm kind of going through that right now like that's been a big part of this these two months um and I know it's just I'm going to keep stepping more into my power and my purpose and be able to help more and more people as I evolve myself on this journey. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. I think that that's the key, right? When, when mm -hmm. things happen in our life and we feel we really were at rock bottom or we just didn't see it coming and we are disoriented, that can be one of like the hardest things for a human to experience especially in society today which it doesn't when do you learn how to deal with life and with yourself when 
you don't know who you are anymore you know 100 that that is yeah so trying and I think like because of what's happened over the past couple of years in the world so many people have lost their identities um yeah a big part of my background in facilitation was to write a passage and initiation and I was that because I had these questions of like why why do humans exist what is ultimately always working for us which is change mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. many have like traumas around their first experiences of change and yeah what, what tends to happen is things become unfinished we, we don't seal that sort of metamorphosis in in a way that's constructive and you know empowering which is ultimately what these these initiations should be including the one that we're in yeah. right now humanity. this could be and I actually think will be, it is inevitable that it will be the most like magnificent initiation into uh, a reality and a world that is any of our imaginations right now. Um, yeah. But this piece of, of understanding like you did with your dog, you know, of, of what is unfinished and allow for that space for renewal to actually... Yeah really come it takes so much faith and I actually think like we we can't get through it without faith and trust and yeah a, a belief ultimately in something bigger than us 100 mm. percent and like you said letting go of of our identity or what we think our identity was like for me that like I was an actor and I thought that's what I I wanted to do that because I wanted to touch me and inspire people and like I I literally thought that's who I was. And it was weird because it was actually the easiest thing to let go. But right before it, I had a huge shift and it was like the shattering of my ego and my paradigm. And I'm like, who am I? Like, I don't know. And then I was like, I just, now I realize I am part of source. We're, we're all like, we truly are all connected. We are all one. We are all love at our core. And the sooner we can all like learn to tap into that frequency more and more often, the sooner that new earth will, will birth. Mm. I think it will for sure, but it's not easy like to let go of who we think we are. Who we think we are. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> optimal, you know, perspective there, who we think we are. It's, um, yeah, how we see ourselves really is not, I believe, what we're here to be or so, or so rarely mm-hmm. that image of self. It's like the, the example I often give is what you love about the people that you're in love with is so not the things that they think you love them for. Like, yeah, ever, you know, like, yeah, but we think that the parts of ourselves that we feel like the the least kind of embarrassed about or ashamed about we we think that they're the things people love us for like it would be easy for me to think the people that love me love me because I'm a great you know I can build businesses or whatever but that's that's never the reason that the people yeah love me they love me when I'm being a dork they love me when I feel the least lovable a lot of the time and I sort of think that like this is the the reorientation of our own perspective that we need to really like lean into to, to mm-hmm. see ourselves through God's eyes 
and to let go of the ego because we want to we we don't want to yeah. let go because we ultimately don't want those parts of ourselves that we see as fragile and unlovable to be seen we, we want to mm-hmm. behind that identity that is like that we deem powerful and enough and okay and accepting. yeah that's what we're that's what fundamentally we resist I think in those moments 100 percent 100 percent and even if you go into like a typical conversation or at least that I had growing up it's like oh what does this person do as if they were almost defined by that mm-hmm. um but like everyone in my life like I don't love them because of what they do I love them because of who they are that's right and it's like yeah sometimes we're blinded to that Hmm. like you just said yeah and yet it's in that space you know actually a perspective that was given to me yesterday I was sharing it um yeah Kate from my team just earlier today because it touched me so much was um the idea that the, the gifts that God has given us they can never be taken away or minimized. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are always, always there. And, and fundamentally, yeah. that's not why we're loved by God. That's not what we're judged against, so to speak. What we're judged against is our character, what we choose to do with those gifts, you know, who, who we choose to become yeah. in the face of those gifts and how much responsibility we practice through the strength of our character. And I just... I thought that that was so beautiful, you know, because we could be the most bitter, twisted, arrogant, angry at God. And God loves us so much that we still have our gift. We don't have to use them for that greater good. Mm -hmm. But when we do, you know, which which takes that that will and that trust that Mm -hmm. we will be guided, you know, that that we expose ourselves and be vulnerable and actually be seen for the entirety of who we are by the world. That's actually what builds and strengthens our character to a place that we really can serve a a greater good Mm -hmm. in our lifetime. 100%. Yeah, and he loves us so much unconditionally. (laughs) Unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's the best when you when you figure it out. <laughs> when, when, yeah, you, yeah. when you get out of your own way and you, yes <laughs> I know um yeah you know the 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 idea that we're not enough for that love it's just us yeah. judging ourselves in that in that idea us punishing ourselves in that idea yeah. in the mirror of that idea um yeah yeah so there's a couple of questions that I think are really yes uh, pretty potent and relevant to this conversation that I'd love us to dive awesome. into. Um, so one of them was related to what we were speaking about before, but to backtrack, uh, when you're triggered by a person in a mm-hmm. moment that's, I'm, assume, I'm assuming, humans, when you get taken away from that personal peace, what do you do? So in, that, in the moment you get triggered, this is a podcast of truth, by the way. So if the truth is you lose your shit and then two days later, <laughs> on yourself (laughs) uh let's just like real talk and then deconstruct that and then if we need to come up with better strategies to support our listeners we can do that after the fact awesome (laughs) okay um 
okay, it depends who it is. Like, okay. to be completely honest, if they're like super close to me, full truth, like sometimes I get really triggered in that moment, and I just snap. Um, but if they're like, so this is like very close family, um, or like really, really close friends or a partner, um, yeah, I'll just like, sometimes I will just snap and then I'll like step back and be like, you know what, I can't deal with this right now. Like, let's have this conversation later. Um, and then I'll like go, I, a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, some of my friends like come to me when they're very, very triggered to like talk things out. I like to do a lot of that work by myself, like not away from anybody. Cause like in that state, I'm like, okay, I need to be by myself. Um, uh, but if they're not as close to me, so if they're a good friend or an acquaintance or a stranger, um, usually I'll get less triggered firstly, but I'll step back, I'll take a breath, tune into my body and respond from there. Um, and whether that's like, let's have this conversation later, I don't want to have this conversation, I'll just, I'll try and be a lot more cordial about it. And I, and, and boundaried in like, I need to deal with my own stuff so I don't snap. Um, but yeah, sometimes with my family, I'll, I'll react right away and then I'll realize it <laughs> and then I'll step back and say like, we need to work this out when I'm not in fight and flight because I'm triggered and I need to go cry or go hit a pillow or go for a run and then we can talk about it. But right now is not the right time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's my very truthful answer. I do snap sometimes if, yeah. if people are closer to me. Hey, the, the, the main sentiment there, I think, is the humility, right? To be like, yo, actually, I'm not, I'm not calm right now. Let's, let's revisit this conversation. Just that, if more people could mm-hmm. just that, I think the world yeah. is a very different place. And, like, one thing for perspective that I like to do is, like, reverse, reverse that perspective and ask, to not mm-hmm. find the humility to lean into that conversation, you know, what, what are you losing as a result of that? What's it costing you? Uh, you know, yeah, like f- for me, it just, if I'm feeling stubborn or prideful, that yeah. because I've been in situations in my life that have dragged on for months, years, you know, where uh, that, that moment of stubbornness resulted in, grudges and resentment that just like is so toxic for, for us mm-hmm. this is like just swallowing our pride and being like actually I, I overreacted give me give me some time and let's come back to love yeah I think you lose like everything that we really care about if you if you don't have the humility um to talk about it you lose complete connection with that other person, an opportunity, a growth opportunity um, and connection with our true self, I think as well. And, and then we harbor resentment in our bodies, which can turn into disease and, and then we get triggered even more. And I actually have an example of this the other day. So my roommate and really, really good friend, um, we're staying here together in Costa Rica at the moment and we're staying in a tiny space and she's such a gem and um the other day we had she needed to talk to me about something and she was holding it in and then she finally just said it and we both like cried and laughed and like then it was so workable after 
but it's like, we can sense when somebody's holding back mm. and, and that brought us so much closer as friends. And it's like, we love each other as sisters unconditionally. And sometimes the conversations are hard and very uncomfortable. Um, but if we don't have them, then it's like, it's like this distance and like tension that you can feel with that other person. Mm. And I think I carried a lot of this with my family for so many years. Like I wouldn't have a lot of conversations with them from a heartfelt place. And I didn't even realize it until I realized I was scared when they came home into the house. Um, the first time I realized that was in the landmark forum many, many years ago. And then, yeah. And now, like, like I said, sometimes I, I like all, it's usually over text when I snap, to be honest. <laughs> um, but to my family, I did to my mom the other day. And I, I just said, I can't talk about this right now. She kept pushing. And then I snapped. And then I said, let's talk about this in a couple of days. And now, like, it's fine. Um, we have different views on things. But it's robbing. It would really rob ourselves of that opportunity to have that connection, regardless of a view on what's going on in the world or a view on an issue or a view on like whatever it is. So yeah, I think if we don't, then it just robs ourselves of that true connection and it creates animosity, whether we realize it or not in our bodies, like we're holding it and people can feel it. Mm. Uh, yes, that's so valuable. You know, it's what, this is the cost. This is the cost of, of when we don't choose that vulnerability and that humility. And, you know, I always ask because I've gone through massive periods of my life where I was terrified to have those hard conversations and and that was like that was judged in all these different ways it was judged as like slyness or secrecy and you know like my 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 truth was none of those things I was just I was so scared to be vulnerable I was so scared to be seen and it wasn't an aggressive behavior it was a defensive behavior Mm. And I think that that distinction so that we can hold each other in compassion is, is really important that if you have someone in your life that like you feel these things with that tension, you know, yeah. tension is high right now in relationships. I think a lot of people yeah. this community experiencing that. Um, how can you soften? You know, how can you relinquish mm-hmm. the need to be right, the need to be even understood just like letting yeah. that and and meeting being willing to meet someone just no matter what they say to, to favor love you know and to favor mm-hmm. um yeah the relationship over being right and wrong exactly 100 mm. percent which i think is a good question to the next question which is the question actually implies you've already reached this place. So you can you can let us know if that, that's the truth. <laughs> okay. What did you do to, to get yourself to a place of uh, loving yourself unconditionally? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. I used to punish myself in so many ways. I didn't even realize it. Um. So I've done a lot of healing around this. I do daily practices. I do self-reiki every single day. And I there's specific symbols I use. I use an empowerment one every day and I use like self-love. And whenever I find myself talking negatively about myself, 
I'll stop and say, oh, I just was saying this awful thing about myself. Mm. I love myself so much that I just realized I was saying this thing and I love myself so much, but that's not true. And I just kind of try and tune in to like this higher energy of love. And then I realize how much I am loved by the divine and and I bring that into my body. Um, I do this through meditations as well. Dr. Joe's Blessing of the Energy Center is one that's helped me a lot. And I've done a lot of, um, I've worked with healers like Reiki healers, quantum healers. So yeah, it's been, it's been a journey and I think it never ends. Like I do think I really, really love myself and there's still more work to do Always. every day. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, what does it even mean to love yourself unconditionally? You know, it's, um, I think for, for so many of us, that is still a, a concept that we haven't even necessarily defined. Like what, what is life like when you've reached that yeah. place? Just, pure unconditional love for self I think you start to honor your body more you start to honor your needs you start to honor your boundaries you start to not really care what other people think um you start to make choices more in alignment with your health and your well-being and what lights you up and and you fill your cup more so that you can fill other people's cups. Um, mm. And like I said, it's not, I don't think it's a one day you, you, you're punishing yourself so much. And then that next day you're just like in so much self-love, like it's a process and it's a journey. And like, there are days where I don't love my, I don't feel like I love myself and I don't make the healthiest choices. Um, but I consciously try, I still, this is why I start my day every day with either self Reiki or energy healing or, um, and or meditation, because that brings me back to my truth and my soul. And when we are like, that's, that's us and our purest and it is nothing but love. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's days that I, I definitely struggle with that. Yeah, for sure. That, that that's a really simple but I think very powerful perspective is, is truly like how are you treating yourself every day yeah yeah how are you really taking the time because yeah there's like loads of times in my own journey where I'll be so like like wrapped in work and I haven't taken the time that day yeah to like really be intentional with my food or maybe I've gone 100%. to but the way that I trained is not it wasn't loving. It was like, I just have to get it done. I wasn't yeah. present. Like I was doing it because I think I was, it's like an attitude of, I think this is what I have to do. Not actually. Yeah. And the whole point of training, the whole point of exercise is to, to give your body what it needs to, to love, to love it, you know, and to adopt that mindset is actually, it's the opposite of love. 100%. And I find when you're in the doing it for the nourishment of the exercise it's a whole different experience and your body like it it gets um like invigorated by it instead of like like so tired I don't know the yeah. word yes yeah 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 100 percent that's a good um litmus test by the way everybody for I think most things in life how, how do you actually feel after you 
do things after you have a conversation with that person or you finish a job do you feel vital do you feel expanded or do you constantly feel drained and if you constantly feel drained or depressed or whatever it is that's that's an invitation to start loving yourself more making you know at least maybe not you're not ready to make different choices but starting to open your mind to to a different possibility yeah just realized um another thing for self-love for me that was really hard at first was boundaries like how am I letting other people treat me what am I putting up with and and what am I not and I was there's a period of my time I put up with everything and I was literally letting people like physically emotionally psychologically abuse me even sexually and I didn't even realize I was allowing that like I was the one allowing that to happen Mm. and then the more I realized that and took responsibility for that and stepped into self-love the more I was able to shift it Mm. powerful message thank you my friend thank you so much of course final um yeah final wisdom or words maybe specifically for anyone that feels like they're in the thick of trying to resolve any unfinished business in their their own life trust and source and you won't be misguided and and start testing it because it took a long long time for me to even realize there was a greater power and so many tests because my mind was like, not true, not true, not true, not true, not true. And it was like, signs, 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 synchronicity, signs, synchronicity. And finally I started surrendering. But I mean, do a prayer at the beginning of your morning before you check your phone and and just tune in and say, show me a sign that you are truly, truly there. And the first time I got a sign like this, like when I asked, like it was crazy it was it was my birthday it's a long story but it was like oh my god okay this is, there's no way this is a coincidence um and the more you trust the more signs you'll get and the more you'll work and flow with source and I'm not saying there's not gonna be battles because absolutely there, there is and I feel like this the more you step into your true authentic self sometimes the more complex or the harder the battles are but then you're just up leveling and you're up leveling your trust in yourself and in source and and in the mission and we're all in this together is another really important thing like i know during these times sometimes it feels like we're all alone like we are all in this together as a humanity and the more we can come together regardless of what your views are on anything but come together in love instead of dividing and separating the easier this transition is going to be and the sooner we're going to get through all of this and the more pleasant it's going to be. Yeah. Favor each other. Yes. So simple. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're we're not the ones guys that are meant to, to judge, you know, God, God can judge. (laughs) We're, we're here to to love each other and, and do the best that we, we can, you know, in each moment and bring it back these really basic principles are we really doing the best that we can moment to moment in our own life um, 100%. love ourselves and each other more in that and show those that you would otherwise judge the way you know take take that responsibility 
Thank you, Jill. How can these guys find you, support you? I'm also going to say to, to listeners, we totally love it when you send us and our guests, um, you know, messages, direct messages yes. and yeah, what what you got from from this conversation and especially practices. If you if you end up trying them, which, of course, we support you to do, let Jill know the difference that had in, in your life. Um, but yeah, how can these guys find you and support you? Yeah, um, firstly, please let me know because I love hearing the difference in people's lives. That's what like really invigorates me and keeps me going. Um, thank you so much, Nicole. This was amazing. And yeah, so Instagram, my name is at Jill Alana Nixon. Um, Facebook as well. I have a Healing Hands Facebook page and my website is on my link tree on Instagram. And I also have my own podcast, which I just revamped after a year and a half. It's called Flying High on Consciousness. So I did my first episode of season two last week, and I will be doing more. So thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, please reach out if you have any questions about this process. I'm on the journey too. I've been on it for a few years, and I love helping people on this journey. So yeah. all of these guys are thinking yeah. Oh, I'm sending you all my love so much love and and one more thing like remember all of you you are the power like we are literally part of source source lives in you so we don't need to give our power away to like like when 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 I say pray and surrender it's like the power is within us as well it's guiding us it's not like oh I'm giving it away to somebody else like it, we're working with it in co-creation. I think that's really important to remember. We are in co-creation with source. Hmm. The kingdom. You are all so powerful. Yes. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. <laughs> yeah. Amen, sister. Much love. <laughs>